is the Beyond the Studio podcast, and you're listening to Season 2, Beyond the Studio West Coast Edition. I'm Amanda Adams. And I'm Nicole Muller, and we're here to help you figure out the business of being an artist. Here we'll share honest conversations with artists, makers, and business experts, and dive deep into the work that happens beyond the studio. Support for this season comes from Southern Exposure's Alternative Exposure Grant Program in partnership with Facebook's Artist in Residence Program and the Andy Warhol Foundation. If you find value in listening to Beyond the Studio, we'd love to ask you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It's the easiest way to show us some love and to help others find the podcast. Thank you so much in advance for letting us know what you think and for supporting the show. You might hear some adult language used occasionally on the show, so please be mindful of those around you and pop in some headphones if needed. When I'm not working on the podcast, I'm working on my fiber art and illustration brand, Close Call Studio. So if you want to follow along with my own journey, you can check me out on Instagram at Close Call Studio or check out my website at CloseCallStudio.com. It's Nicole here, your other Beyond the Studio co-host. I'm a painter, muralist, and installation artist. If you want to see more of my work and studio process, you can find me on Instagram at Nicole Marie Muller or my website, which is Nicole Marie Muller. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R dot com. On today's episode of Beyond the Studio, Nicole and I are talking about digital boundaries and using social media as a tool. Things that everybody now is dealing with. I don't know about you, but I have a completely healthy relationship with social media and I don't struggle at all with... Mm -mm. creating boundaries for myself no way i'm not you know opening the app multiple times within like a five minute period just to keep realizing that nothing new is happening despite the fact that the algorithm is trying to constantly deliver fresh content my way so that i'm never off the app just kidding it's really hard to establish these boundaries even for big bad professionals like nicole But actually, I feel like it is even more of a challenge when your use of social media is not purely social, but you're using it as a marketing tool or as a way to engage with your audience or as a way to generate interest in your work. Um, I mean, I think when you're an artist, especially social media can be a really great tool for sharing your work. And I mean, Amanda knows, I feel like your business is uh, built so much on Instagram, or that's a way that people are finding at least your work and that you're able to, to generate content for them. So I think that it can be a really important part of existing in a digital space and growing and sustaining a business. But obviously there are pitfalls to that and it can also become kind of a way to justify spending more time than is maybe needed on those platforms because it seems like it's going into a a good cause. So how do you draw the line and where does it become something useful and something that's helping you to connect or to grow your artistic practice versus becoming an unhealthy habit or something that just makes you feel really isolated or terrible about comparing yourself to other people? Um, It's a fine line, but the struggle is real. Ugh. 
the struggle is very real. Setting boundaries with social media and digital media in general is something that I have really struggled with a lot over the years. The second a computer came into my house, I was obsessed. And I've then turned that obsession to my phone. So trying to establish boundaries for myself with social media and tech in general is really hard. And I've gone through seasons where I've been great about staying away from my phone. And I've gone through seasons where I am just constantly refreshing and opening the same apps over and over again and wasting hours of my time on things that only make me feel bad about myself. But at the same time, social media is a tool that I use for my business. And I know for a fact that it does drive income my way. So it behooves me to continue to participate in it, but it's really important that I set boundaries for myself because otherwise I'm just going to go ham and I'm going to spend all day watching stories and just falling into the explore feed. Yeah, there's no doubt it's a really integral part of our life, but when your business or your livelihood is somehow tied into the use of social media, you can't just decide to opt out or disengage with it. So how do you create that boundary around using it in a way that's healthy and productive versus not letting it consume your entire life or brain space? I know for me, part of that is not subscribing to the idea that I need to have a presence everywhere. Um, I just use Mm -hmm. the social media platforms that work for me, and I am actually only on Instagram. So yeah, you've been on Facebook for years. Yeah, I deactivated my Facebook shortly after getting married. I waited until I got all of my friends photos from the wedding. <laughs> you got to post those wedding I pics. Shut it down. <laughs> yeah, and I've reactivated it briefly like to announce that we have the podcast or if I need to, you know, go find some old pictures that are only on my Facebook, but I keep it deactivated because all it does is just make me frustrated by the people that I went to high school with and feel bad about myself. So I don't need to waste my time doing that. But like, where do you get your news from? (laughs) (laughs) Not Facebook. I definitely don't get my news from Facebook. Uh, I actually get my news. I get the skim email every morning. (laughs) Oh, I love the skim. (laughs) And I listen to various news podcasts. And those are those are ways that I I check in with the world. It also is nice because it's really easy to feel really depressed when I see the news and when I see social media because I see how horrible things are in the world for so many people. It's, you know, it's just important to have a little bit of boundaries regarding how much you let in because this is the first time in human history that we have had access to information from everywhere and it's really overwhelming. Generally in the past, everyone stuck to their village and they knew the people in their immediate community that they spoke to and saw every day, but now we can talk to anyone, anywhere, anytime and we're constantly being bombarded with overwhelming information that can be really upsetting and scary and heartbreaking, but also really amazing. But it's important to have some boundaries about what you let in, where you spend your time. For me with my phone, I've been trying to, and I'm, this is a current struggle. I, every day 
I wake up and I say, I'm not going to get sucked into my phone. And some days I succeed and some days I fail and you can't beat yourself up over it. You just got to move on. I found that it helps me a lot if I keep my phone out of reach. Sometimes when I'm working, I'll just use wireless headphones, leave my phone in the other room and just get to work. Um, If I have access to it or if it's in the same room, it can be really distracting And I try to set boundaries with social media of how many times I check it or setting certain time parameters where I say, okay, nine to 10 maybe, or, you know, whatever time frame, I'll check my emails and do my social media work. And then it's done. I don't need to keep checking back with it. And setting expectations regarding uh, email communications, text communications, just making sure that even though we can be accessed at all times, you don't have to be accessible at all times. Mm-hmm. So have you been using that new feature in Instagram uh, that puts a time limit on um, how much time you're spending on the app each day? Oh, yeah, about five times a day. It's telling me that I've You've maxed exceeded. out my 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but I also set that a little bit lower than I probably needed to. But I think it can be dangerous to rely on the tools we're trying to have restraint on to do the restraining for us. So I think there are benefits to it, but also it's a trap. Yeah. (laughs) It's all a trap. I read this uh, this thing recently that was, um, I'll have to see if I can remember the source of this, but it was referencing a study around the impact of smartphones on our ability to focus. And it basically was finding that just having your phone in the same room with you, which I thought of this because you said sometimes you'll put it in an entirely different location, um, but that having your mm-hmm. smartphone close by, even if you're not checking it, even if it's turned off, can actually impact your ability to focus and increase your the level of distraction towards a given task at hand. Even the most interesting thing about this, I thought, was that um, even when the person themselves denied being distracted, they actually performed worse on these tests than those who had their phone in an entirely different location. So just having our phones close by us, even if we're not constantly looking at them or getting a notification, actually impedes our ability to mentally focus on what's in front of us which is so crazy. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to do these little exercises where I just leave my phone at home if I don't need it. Like if I'm walking my dog in the morning, my impulse is usually to grab my phone and my keys. Those are the only two things I take with me, but I don't really need my phone for any reason. So just leaving it at home when I don't have a really legitimate reason for taking it with me (laughs) to try and just train myself a little bit to not be so attached at the hip. Yeah, and that's so I mean, I I can't assume that everyone has the same boundary issues with technology that I have, but it is definitely a large issue that's happening to a lot of people and I wish I wasn't one of them, but I am. I'm a millennial. Of course I want to look at my phone. Can't help it, but you can. And there is a podcast that I listened to recently. It was on the podcast One Part Podcast, and it was an interview with Cal Newport, who wrote a book recently on digital minimalism. I haven't read the book, but I have listened to a couple interviews with him, and he has really interesting things to say about 
reducing your screen time, essentially. And in that interview, there is a great point where I can't remember if it was the interviewer or interviewee that said it, but essentially when it comes to social media, your time on the platform means money for that platform. So unless you're a stockholder, you're just losing out. And it also means that they're getting your information that they can sell to advertisers. And Nicole and I were talking about it before we hit record, but you can see pretty consistently amongst a lot of these larger tech companies when they're really pushing for you to use their platform more regularly. It often happens before they go public because they want to increase their IPOs. So it's really good to be careful when all of a sudden Facebook becomes more addictive or you're spending even more time on Instagram. Like, is that really at the end of the day where you want to be spending your time? Probably not. But once again, I'm talking to myself here because this is a an ongoing issue. The struggle is very real. I've been trying really hard to use social media to the extent that it is fun and that it brings me joy, even though I feel like it's tied to my work as an artist. And I I mean, I think like everybody to some extent uses it as a marketing tool um, as opposed to a reflection of my daily life. Um, So, you know, I'm often posting things in the studio, works in progress, um, art related things, I would say that I'm working on um, to my personal account. And then, of course, Beyond the Studio is really focused on the podcast. Sometimes I'm actually really into posting things on Instagram or I'm having a lot of fun with it and I'll do it more regularly, but I haven't posted anything since last Friday. So trying to take these sort of like unscheduled mini social media breaks where I know this is a really pessimistic perspective, but nobody's going to notice if you don't post anything to Instagram for a week, you know? And I think that there can be a pressure to, like you said, be everywhere all the time or to be really consistent and regular. And, um, you know, there's all these things. If you're trying to grow your following, it's important to pick a time and post things every day. And, you know, obviously there's a need for that. But I think when it becomes something that, just takes over your uh, mental energy. But yeah, um, taking these many social media breaks where I kind of give myself permission not to post on the platform just for the sake of it, you know, if I'm not um, doing a lot of interesting things uh, in the studio or I'm kind of in a research phase, not um, feeling this anxiety around having to post things on Instagram to make it look like I'm constantly producing and um, also just kind of mapping my own reaction Reactions to uh, using social media has been kind of insightful, um, which I started thinking about after we had the conversation around self-awareness on the podcast. And so one thing that I've just been trying to be a little more conscious of, because, you know, again, we're, we all fall into the trap of just endlessly scrolling on our phone and 20 minutes later are like, what just happened to me? So as I'm going through, just noticing like what an impact that has on my feelings about the day, about myself, like the kind of psychological effect. And often like, you know, I'll go through the spurt of scrolling on Facebook for no good reason, right? It's not like I'm doing anything productive, but just passively consuming information and always feel a little bit bad at the end of it. So trying to like put it aside and shift into something healthier or like go do something for myself that is positive and kind of feeds that 
positive um, mental loop and trying to just be a little more mindful of what my neutral state of being is. You know, I think when we're constantly consuming um, and like what you were saying before, just this the accessibility of having so much information accessible all the time, it can be really overwhelming. And I feel like it's easy to underestimate the psychological impact that has on your ability to focus, just your feelings about what's happening in the world, the way that you feel about yourself relative to what people are doing around you. I mean, there's so many kind of angles uh, that this can impact um, in your life. So like just the the smallest change of starting to become a little more aware of that, like just recognizing how I'm feeling after I've spent some time on social media has helped me to kind of check myself so that, you know, five minutes in to scrolling on Instagram, I can ask, is this really fun? Is this bringing me joy? Am I inspired by what I'm seeing? Or am I becoming informed about uh, global issues? Or am I just kind of mindlessly consuming for no reason and is this going to lead me to feeling really terrible uh, within the next 10 minutes and it kind of just helps me to to turn it off if I'm recognizing that I'm getting to that stage yeah I have to plan this a little bit in advance due to some events I have coming up and craft shows and whatnot but I want to try to do a month or two a year off of social media, like maybe pick a month in the summer and in January with, if you missed the goal setting episode, go listen to that because I'm referencing it right now. <laughs> but I, <laughs> when I'm setting up my schedule, if I'm planning to take January off from work and I'm using social media as a tool for work, I should therefore then be able to take it off take a month off mm. from work for myself. So I want to try to start doing that just to make sure that I'm keeping my right boundaries in check and my priorities straight. So that's something that I'm thinking about regarding having a little bit more self-control regarding social media in the long term. But I think it's it's important to also acknowledge, especially for visual artists, and I think Visual artists are the ones that benefit the most from a tool like Instagram, especially, is we can use these platforms as a tool to increase our, our visibility, connect with other artists, find out about different event spaces and galleries and collaborators and finding your audience. So what are some ways that you've used social media as a tool for your business where it's been able to benefit? And not just suck up all your time oh, yeah. self-esteem. <laughs> I know. We've been talking a lot about the negative pitfalls of social media, um, of which there are many. And I think we all can But we're on struggle. it for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> but there are definitely a lot of um, positive outcomes to it. And I think just as a tool for research, like you mentioned, I've learned about so many events or just screenshotted upcoming shows and things that I wouldn't have known about otherwise. So it's really easy to just have a sense of what's going on or I feel like I can see through the eyes of other people that I follow, um, you know, shows and things that are happening in New York or around the world or places that I don't have access to or wouldn't get the chance to go to otherwise. So that's really cool. I mean, I can see like what's happening at the Venice Biennale right now, even though I'm nowhere near that. And 
won't have the opportunity to go anytime soon. So it's really exciting that you can see what's happening um, and just get inspired by what other artists are doing, even though they might be outside of your geographical region um, or even within like I honestly use it a lot to find out about what's happening around the Bay Area and what other artists around San Francisco are doing and I feel like it just helps to give me a sense of what's happening within the creative community here it makes me feel a little bit better about you know not always having the time to go to every single show or opening and I think when you're so caught up and and you're just working hard as an artist it's it's hard to you know get out to everything and just be social so social media is a way to hey. <laughs> um, to just kind of feel connected so that's been one really useful thing I'm even thinking before I moved out to the Bay Area it was such a great um, tool for research to find out you know what kinds of gallery spaces were around here it sort of like led us to discovering dog patch which is the neighborhood we live in now and um, some pretty cool spaces like Minnesota Street Project that are here in the neighborhood. And I don't know if I would have known about some of those had it not been for tools like Instagram. And, you know, like I said, I am using it as um, kind of a marketing tool to share my own studio process. And I think that has definitely led to connections and opportunities. Um, I don't have a huge following to the extent where, you know, I'm leveraging that in any way. But I think on like a, a one-to-one one kind of level it has led into studio visits um it's allowed me to share my work with you know potential collectors and it has also led to sales or it's given me a way to promote upcoming shows and things that I'm a part of and so it's definitely had a lot of benefits I think to just becoming kind of visibly involved in your own community so I think that has been the most useful way for me. And you, I feel, Amanda, are really good at using social media to share your process, to share your story, and to connect with people, um, which is something that is also a driver of sales, you know, like letting people in on who you are and um, allowing them to connect not just with your work, but with the person behind it. So you've kind of woven all of those things together. And I don't think I'm as good at that. And so I admire people that are able to be really kind of authentically themselves and really vulnerable on a platform platform that can also make it feel like there's a, a distance you know it's that kind of paradox of things like Instagram where it both connects and separates us from other real humans um, but I think you use it really well in that way well how do you feel like um, Instagram has been an integral part of your your creative practice definitely a lot of similarities to how you're using social media I've been able to make a lot of friends through social media. Some of my really close friends here in the city now are people that I met on Instagram. And so I I can't discount it for its worth because it really has been incredibly helpful and it absolutely has played a role in allowing me to continue to be self-employed. I'm able to share directly with my followers when I'm doing an event or when I'm having a sale or I have new products. I've been able to use the stories and things like polls to see what products people are excited about, what things they're more drawn to, and really communicating directly with my audience and my customers to get an idea of 
what they want from me. And I especially have enjoyed using Instagram since they added the stories feature, because I think that's something that's much more my style. I tend to be pretty candid in nature. And one of the things that has frustrated me in the past about social media, which I've mentioned on the podcast many times, is that it often just becomes this highlight reel and you're comparing your greatest struggles to someone's best moments and you're only seeing this tiny single frame of a moment, of a space, of a piece, of a life. And it's so dangerous to compare your full view of your life versus someone's tiny little shared point of view. So I always have tried to be really honest about where I'm coming from. Uh, When I talk about my brand, I always say me because it's just me. I'm never like we here at Close Call Studio, (laughs) this whole team sitting in this warehouse alone. Although I will use we when I'm talking about me and Shopcat, which is my cat Brussels sprout. That's right. You've got a team. What are you talking about? Who is my professional assistant? She doesn't help at all. All she does is guarantee bits of fur on every product. You're welcome. But I think that social media can really be an incredible tool if you use it as a tool and you treat it as a part of your art business. I mean, if you're working as a social media marketer for another company, you probably don't have it on your phone where you're using it when you're off the clock. You're using it for work and you're treating it as a tool for work. So it's important to keep that in mind when you are going into it. It has helped me so much in times of financial struggle where I've been able to do a flash sale even in my stories, which I tried recently because you did that in your stories. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, look at Nicole making all those sales on Instagram. (laughs) I want to try that. Do you want to talk about how you were able to come up with that idea? And I know I've talked with other artist friends, you know who you are, girl, (laughs) who have tried it too. And it helped her move. And that kind of was the final inspiration for me to try to do it. Uh, And she was inspired by yours. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a really um, great reminder of what a powerful community that can be, you know. And I think when it's just numbers on a screen, sometimes you forget the value in those real like person to person connections behind that. And I actually had gotten the idea to do a flash sale of studio work, which um, was a lot of Um, small paintings and drawings from college. Um, So I was clearing out my studio and had a lot of old work that I thought would be a great opportunity to, to do something like that with. And our mutual friend, Michelle Gomez, who is a creative coach and one of our former podcast guests um, from way back in season one, actually one of the first people we talked to, but has been doing a lot of work independently with artists who want to revamp their creative business. Um, And Michelle's a close friend of ours, so we were just um, talking in in the context of um, our friendship and sharing what we were working on. And so she had actually given me the idea for that. And I decided to try it out for, I think it was just a couple weeks, in stories and I was really honestly surprised at how well it worked out and what a great way it was to I mean I feel like this word is so cliche but just to like engage with people that 
you know, I, I'm not often posting to stories or definitely not doing it on a regular basis. Um, and I would say like occasionally I post work directly for sale on Instagram, but I'm more often working kind of behind the scenes on projects with um, clients or with our consultants. So it's not a huge driver of sales for me um, as much as it is just a way to, you know, share shows and share my studio process. Um, but in this case, it actually was a way for me to kind of like directly connect with collectors and friends. And in a couple of weeks, you know, felt really good to be able to like send all of this work off into new homes. So I'm super happy to hear that it has inspired some other artists. And I think maybe that's a lesson there too for others listening to just um, not to discount or discredit the value of that community that you have built, maybe without even realizing it. And that, you know, you can kind of like lean on that and maybe try out some different ways of sharing your work um, that you haven't in the past and just see what happens. Hell yeah. So with social media, it is a valuable tool, but remember, it is a tool. It's an incredible way to connect with friends and with your community, but it's also a really dangerous trap that can suck your time, your energy, your self-esteem. So approaching it with a strategy is a good idea, especially if you, like I, can very easily get sucked into the feed and all of the traps of comparison. Yeah, and especially as artists where so much of our uh, personal identity and self-worth are tied into the things we create that can really become amplified on social media. So using it in a way that brings you closer to your creative community and makes you feel inspired. With social media, it's also important to remember that you don't actually own your audience there. So if you're exclusively building your community on Instagram or Facebook, or Twitter, or whatever else the kids are on these days, kids these days, it's really important to remember that you don't own that audience. A prime example, in the past, a lot of folks were using Facebook primarily to promote their businesses, and then all of a sudden, Facebook changed the way that it was running pages for businesses, where no one's posts were getting seen anymore. You basically had to pay to promote your posts for the people that were already following or subscribed to you to even get them to see it. And we've noticed similar things with Instagram with algorithm updates where half the people that follow me probably have no idea what I've posted in the last six months or so. So it's important to put your energy into something that you have some control over and something that lasts. A thing I really recommend and I'm really bad at is your email list because that is something that you actually get to hold on to regardless of where it is. You want to direct people back to your website. You want to direct people to come see you in person. Just make sure that if you're using social media as a tool to connect, you are actually connecting at the end of the day and you're not just putting all of your efforts into this platform that doesn't owe you shit. And just a quick reminder that right now, Nicole and I are in the process of looking for artists for season three, Beyond the Studio East Coast edition. So if you are following us on social media, you will see a little link in our bio that links to a survey where you can submit an artist that you want to hear their story, or if you want to submit yourself, that's totally cool too. So 
go submit. You have until the end of June 2019 to submit your artist for season three. And don't forget to sign up for our email list because you'll get that link in there too. That's it for this episode of the Beyond the Studio podcast. You can find show notes, references, and a brief summary of the episode over at our website, beyondthe.studio. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our mailing list to find out about upcoming guests, special announcements, and podcast giveaways. We're on a blank page now, so who knows what's going to (laughs) happen. Shit's about to get crazy (laughs) up in the Beyond the Studio. (laughs) I guess I don't have to say up in the Beyond the Studio. I could just say shit's about to get crazy Beyond the Studio. Like, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Studio. <laughs> so, at the end of the day, don't forget to follow us online. Follow us on the social media everywhere. You know, that's where we are at Beyond the Studio, at Close Call Studio, at Nicole Marie Muller. You know, just like wherever. 